We've been in the middle, well, we've been not in the middle of it. They're closing it out today, a series called The Jesus Way, where we sort of talking about not just what Jesus did, but the how and the why Jesus did what he did, and uh, his reasoning behind things, and his, his purpose behind things. And uh, the past several weeks, uh, we jumped off from John chapter 1 and 12, where it says to all who received him, those that believed, he gave them the power to become sons of God or gave them the right to become. Everybody say right to become. So you can be a child of God, but never fully operate in your full right as a child of God. And you'll see people that do that all their life. They'll get saved, give their heart to the Lord, but never fully step into all that God has for them. And that's not necessarily a salvation issue. It's just walking in abundance and walking in freedom, the freedom that God has, that Jesus Christ died for us to walk in. And uh, so that's what we've been talking about. How do we activate? How do we step into that full authority of being a son of God? And so we, we for several weeks, we talked about a son surrenders. How many were here for that one? A son suffers. How many were, ooh, Lord. A son serves. We talked about that one. And then last week, uh, on Mother's Day, we said that a son is a gift, a son is given, and a son gives. And something that resonated with me last week is the fact that, and I could see it just kind of flicker through the, through the audience when I said that Jesus gave his best, and why would we give anything less? He gave us his best. He gave his life. He gave Everything he gave us his peace. He gave us, gave up the Holy Spirit. Lift, just all right. I'm giving it all to you. It's all, it's all yours. And yet, sometimes we withhold and give him what's second, third, fourth, or even what's last. Amen. And so, I want to make sure that when we talk about giving, that we're saying not just giving, but giving our best. God loves a cheerful giver. You know, when you can't wait to give somebody something, that's what God's looking for. People that are not just willing to give, but they are ready to give and they're celebrating giving. So a son is a gift, a son is given, and a son gives. All the ladies in the house say amen. I want to make sure you understand. You remember what I've said for this whole time. When I say sons, I'm not leaving out the daughters, all right? That's just what the Bible will use son a lot, and you can say children if you'd like to there. Now, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2 and 52. Um, I think one of the a foundational scripture that there have been books written about this one scripture. Y'all are kind of quiet today. Did I talk too much already? All right, Gwen's not here. That's the problem. Y'all tell Gwen I missed her. Luke 2 and 52 from the NIV says this, And Jesus grew... In wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. One translation says, in favor with God and in favor with man. A son is a gift, a son is given, a son gives, and today a son grows up. A son grows up. Jesus, being our example how we're supposed to live life, and not just what we're supposed to do, but how and why Jesus grew up. He grew up. He matured. He allowed himself to mature and to grow and to step into everything that he was 
was supposed to be and supposed to do. As you look at this, you notice that it says that Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with man. So write this down. If you're taking notes, write this down. Maturity is all about balance. And now say it after me. Maturity is all about balance. And when, when I, many of you have probably been raised this way. Uh, I, know, I know that I was, uh, just how, how we were, is that everything else in your life was here, and then your spiritual life was here. And that's what you were supposed to be working on, is becoming this spiritual being. And if you look at every religion in the world, that's what they're going toward. How do we reach this utopia of being a spiritual being? And yet, the Bible says that Jesus grew in all four areas of life. He grew in wisdom, which is not only having knowledge, but knowing how to use that knowledge. How many ever met knowledgeable people that had no idea how to use that knowledge? Right? He grew in wisdom, understanding. The Scripture says that he went and he talked to, to the uh, the folks in the temple, and they were astounded by his teachings, not just because he had the knowledge, but he had the wisdom to use that knowledge, wisdom. And so when, when we begin to feel God direct us to grow more in him, he's going to ask us that we grow in wisdom with him. The other, and we'll come back and hit some of those in just a moment. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature, which means he was healthy. He grew up. He got bigger. He got stronger. He grew in favor with God, which is his spiritual man. And then he grew in favor with man, which is social. So you can say it this way, intellectually, spiritually, socially, and what's the other one? Physically, thank you. Physically. And so when we talk about a church that God has called us to be a church that is walking in abundant life, something we always say is that a, a, a model person at the hills would be someone who is walking abundantly in every area of their life, intellectually, physically, socially, and spiritually. And so kind of the way some of you probably have been raised is that the spiritual thing was all of you. You got to focus completely on that. And that's not true. Because you can be spiritual and yet not be Christ-centered. Right? And we can be so spiritual that we mess up social issues. And we can be so, and you can just go down the line. You can be so intellectually, intellectual that you think spirituality is nothing. And so what God is looking for is not someone that is all completely spiritual, but someone that spiritually, now listen to me, this is important, spiritually, socially, physically, and intellectually, all four of those are centered around Christ. So your social interactions are centered around Christ. Intellectually, it's about Christ. Spiritually, it's about Christ. Because if any of those ever get off of being about Christ, that's when we get in trouble. Socially, right? Physically, why are you wanting to eat healthy so I can look better? Yeah, okay to look better, but it's really about can you serve Christ better if you're healthy? 
Does it taint your witness when you're telling people that God wants them to have abundant life and you can barely breathe? Now, I'm not talking about illness. I'm just talking to you. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And so I want to make sure that you're hearing what I'm saying, that God wants us to mature in every area of our life, not just one or two. And so I'll tell you what. In studying this, it's made me go back and reevaluate so many things in my life. I mean, just really reevaluating things. Because I want to make sure there's, no, there's not one area of my life that is going here and the rest of them are stunted. A son and a daughter that steps into the full access that God has for them is going to grow. Let's write some things down. Why do we want to grow up? You ever heard that? I don't want to grow up. Right? Who wants, why would we grow up? And you hear the argument a lot. I mean, didn't even Jesus say, except you become as a child? Yeah, he did. But also, uh, Paul said that you need to think like a child in regards to evil. And evil be an infant. Don't be, don't be someone that, that is well-versed with evil. He said in evil, you can find that in 1 Corinthians 14. He said, in regards to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. So, yes, there is a part of us that needs to be childlike. Jesus said that, except you become like one of these. And what he was talking about is that innocence. And so he doesn't want us to be well-versed in evil things. He wants us to be innocent and naive in our, in our evil thoughts. But when it comes to thinking, to think like adults and live like adults and to grow up. This is not one of those fun, fun sermons to preach, you know. But it's going to get us ready for what God wants to do in this next season. So why would we want to grow up? Let me give you some reasons. Number one, immaturity inhibits revelation. Write that down. If you're not writing it down, have someone else write it down for you. Immaturity inhibits revelation. 1 Corinthians 3 And verse number one, uh, I want to thank John Fagley for jumping on our screens today. The the person that was supposed to be running those was not able to make it. And John Fagley, who's never done it before, just dove on the board and made it happen. He said, please don't get mad at me, Pastor. I ain't mad at you. Thank you. Let's give John Fagley a great big hand today. So just be a little patient. We have some words cut off there, but it'll be all right. We got it. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you and I couldn't talk to you, I could not talk to you as I would spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in the Christian life. I had to feed you with milk and not solid food because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? Immaturity inhibits revelation. Paul said, there are so many things that I would like to share with you, but I can't because you can't receive them. You're not ready to receive them. Now, we're talking about a man that had been to the third heaven. He had seen things that he said it is unlawful for anyone to utter. I mean, you talk about some amazing revelation. How many would like to have just sat at the feet of Paul and like, talk to me? How many would like that? Some of you scared you wouldn't want to do that? 
Yes, tell me what you saw. Tell me what's going on. And yet, he said, I can't tell you because you're not ready for them. It would destroy you. It'd be like putting wine in a vessel that's not ready for it. You're not ready for it. So I had to hold my... I want to make sure that we become a church that is ready for revelation. Thank you for that one clap. Man, I appreciate it. It's actually two claps by one person. I want to make sure that we are a church that is ready and geared up for revelation. Because God wants to reveal so much to us. But if we are immature, he's not going to do it. Because he doesn't want to destroy us. He'll hold back. He'll pull back. I want to make sure that we're getting ready. We're growing up so we can get beyond the milk. And get to some meat and some vegetables. Right? It'd be like taking, Amy, what's your baby's name? Levi. It'd be like taking Levi and say, hey, today after service, we're going to take you and your family out, okay? We're going to take you out. I'm going to get Levi some tacos. We wouldn't even think twice about that. It's not, it's not going to work. Now, Oliver, on the other hand, he may take some tacos, all right? It just wouldn't work. It didn't make sense to do that. And so one thing that distinguishes Maturity from immaturity is the fact, what can you eat? What can you digest? What can someone speak into your life and you're willing to receive it? What are you, what, that makes sense? A children, how many have children that are picky eaters? Raise your hand. Yeah. How many were picky eaters growing up? See, but as you grow up, some of that is supposed to go away. I'm eating things right now that my mama used to have to pick out of my food before I'd eat them. I'll never forget, like, few, I mean, a few months ago, Mom's like, you eat that now? Like, I can't believe it. I'm asking for onions on things. Mama, can you believe that? Putting hot sauce on all kind of stuff. Still can't do mayonnaise, but I'm going after. I'm not mature. I'm not a mayonnaise mature yet, all right? I want to say this. Don't be a picky eater. Don't, don't pick everything apart. No, well, I don't know if I like that. I'm going to pick that, though. I, I like that kind of preaching, but not that kind of preaching. I'm going to read that scripture, but not that scripture. So mature folks just learn to eat what's on their plate. Now, if I hear, I'm going to tell you one thing that fires me up is when people come to our church and says, well, I left my other church because I wasn't getting fed. I was not getting fed. Don't say that to me, all right? Don't, because it ain't going to work. Because you may not like what we're feeding you either right here. So don't even, don't even bring that up. Matter of fact, something else I would say is that what distinguishes someone who is immature from mature is, can you feed yourself? All right? Can you eat? Not expecting a baby to feed themselves. And a lot of what we do on Sunday morning at the hills is based toward new people that are coming in. And so there are times that we're going to be speaking things that you're going to be like, well, I've already heard that. I know that. They haven't heard that. They have not heard it this way. We're going to present them. And I, I, I pray and I fast. And Chris and I spend time in the Word. I spend many hours in the Word to make sure on Sunday morning when you show up that there's some fresh baked bread, that there's something good for you to eat. But at some point, you're going to have to eat on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, all right? You can't just do one day a week. And Can I get an Amen. What time do y'all have? I got to watch it. I don't know if I said it right. 
Oh, good. So that one's wrong. Take that one off for me, Kevin, right now. Take it and just throw it as far as you can. Oh, wait a minute. It says 1015. Leave it up there. Leave it up there. We're good. It's like, my goodness, I think I just started and it's already time. Everybody good? Immaturity inhibits revelation. You notice something that he says right here is he says sinful nature. Bring that back up there, that scripture. He said, you are controlled by your sinful nature. He didn't say that you're sinning. He didn't say you're sinners and you're sinning. He said, you're still being controlled by your sinful nature. In other words, you are growing up, but there's still some immaturity in you. How many of y'all sometimes can act like kids? Just throw a temper tantrum and get upset and mad. And he said, here's how I know that you're doing this is because you're jealous of one another. I want to speak against any, any spirit of comparison that we would have. Any spirit of comparison. We talked about it with our lead team and our family this week. We want to make sure that there is no comparison, that you're not comparing yourself to other people because the Bible says that is not wise. Because comparison will lead to jealousy. Now, just because you're comparing yourself doesn't make you a jealous person. It just makes you human. But when that begins to become this thing where it's an obsession and you want to see harm come to them or you don't want to see them succeed or you're upset when you scroll down and you see that they got something that you want. Am I speaking to anybody right now? That is immature. We're the body of Christ. We should be happy for one another. And then he says, not only are you jealous, but you're quarreling with each other. Just fussing with each other. Just going at it. Come on, husbands and wives. So you thought I was going to talk about division in the body of Christ. Didn't you? No, I'm talking about y'all right now, where you are. Husbands and wives and siblings. And It's easy sometimes to say we need unity in the body of Christ and not have unity in our home. Quarreling is a sign of immaturity. It's a sign of saying, I want it my way. That's what a quarrel is, right? Arguing. I got mine. Y'all got my idea. You got your idea. We're going to do it my way. And if we don't do it my way, I'm going to let you know about it. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to be loud. Whatever it is you do, I'm going to withhold things from you. Quarreling. It's, it's trying to get things done our way. And the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down of imaginations. Sometimes we use our weapons carnality, carnally. You know how to manipulate and you know how to do those things. And you're continually, we're trying to get our way by doing those things. And he says, because of this, because you're jealous and because you're arguing and because you want to get your way, everybody listen, right here, right now, my way. And that can be, you can have good intentions. But if you, like if you want your husband to do something he's not doing, or you want your spouse to do something that they need to do, you stomping about it and fussing about it ain't going to help anything. What does a child do? I want candy now. I want that toy now. I don't care what's, I want it now. That's a sign of immaturity. And yet maturity is able to say, okay, I want it now, but I may not need it now. So I'm willing to say, I'll wait on that. Patience. Immaturity inhibits revelation. Secondly, 
Immaturity inhibits reproduction. Children can't have babies. Thank God. Hebrews 5 and 12. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food are for those who are mature, who, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Immaturity inhibits reproduction. It inhibits discipleship. It inhibits us being able to pour into other people. Because we're still needing someone to feed us. Let me say something to you. I want you to hear what I'm saying. This is not pastorally. This is prophetically right now. The doors are about to open and God is going to send an influx of people. And we are going to need you that have been in this thing long enough to know how to disciple, to pour into them. And if you're still relying on us to continually feed you, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Now, it's our job to train you. The fivefold ministry, it's job to equip, to edify. It's our job to train you to be ready to pour into those people. But I'm asking you as your pastor to grow up. It's time to grow up. Let's quit wanting things our way. Let's quit trying to make things happen. Let's quit trying to just get more and more and more for us. You know, a baby just feeds, feeds, feeds until they throw up, right? You got to burp them so they can eat some more. How about if we take it in and then we find someone in our life that we can start pouring into? Third, immaturity inhibits inheritance. Immaturity inhibits revelation. Immaturity inhibits reproduction. We're never going to grow the way we're supposed to. And then secondly, immaturity inhibits inheritance. One of my favorite passages of Scripture, if you've been around the hills or our ministry for very long, you're gonna, you've heard this scripture. And if you're around for another two weeks, you're probably going to hear it again. Another five weeks again. One of my favorite passages of scripture. Not that you care, but I have the microphone, so I'm telling you anyway. Galatians <laughs> chapter 4 and verse 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Now that right there is powerful. Everybody say an heir. In other words, you get everything. You got it all. As long as he is a child, is no different from a slave. Though he is master of all, but it is under the guardians and stewards until the time appointed by our father. He can only give us what we are ready to receive. He can only give us what we're ready to receive. And so there, that's the reason that there are some people, when I have meetings with them or pray with them, that I will unload and share all kind of stuff that God's doing and wanting to do. And there are others that I just don't. And give it some time because their maturity level is not ready to receive it. There are things that I wanted God to do in my life. And I would read it. I would say, but your word says that I can do this. Your word says it. Why am I not doing it? And now I realize I wasn't ready for it. The prodigal... Ask for his inheritance too early. 
give me my inheritance. There's nothing wrong with getting your inheritance early as long you stay as long as you stay in the house and let daddy teach you how to maintain it and steward it. I'm looking at a whole audience of people that got their inheritance early. Talented, gifted, strong, powerful. The key to making sure that inheritance lasts is to stay in the house and let the spiritual fathers and mothers teach you how to steward that. It is so good. That's an incredible word. Me and you will amen that word. That is absolutely amazing. I used to have some more amenners. I don't know what's happening. Y'all good? Everybody good? Because that was a good word right there. Good word. A real good word. Whose guitar is that? I may break it. Just do so. That would be immature of me, though. He can only give us what we are ready for. How many want more of him? How many want more of him? You got a hunger for more? A heart for more? A passion for more? He can only give you, though, what you're ready for. You have to say, Lord, I'm willing to grow up. I'm willing to be disciplined. I'm willing for you to share things to me. Everything that God has for you is good, which means if he gives you something outside of the right time that's not good for you, then it's not good. And so he waits at times. So in that inheritance, to me, what an inheritance speaks of is access. So write this down. Maturity. We've talked about what immaturity does, but let's talk about what maturity does. Maturity brings access. It means it opens up. It opens up. You're able to learn things and be a part of things that you couldn't when you weren't ready for it. Access. How many want more, of act, more access to God and his things? Yeah? You know, it's, it's really, it's awesome is now that Evan is entering into his senior year now. And now he and I are having discussions about things that I would have never talked to him about before. Now we're riding down the road and he said, Dad, tell me about this. Would you share with me about this? And one of my favorite things is he'll say, Dad, I want you to start telling me some things about the church. Tell me. Tell me what it means to do this and how you deal with that kind of thing. And these are things I wouldn't have talked to him about. And, and now it's able to say, well, here's, here's why we do that or how we do that. Why am I doing that? Because Evan has matured to a level now that he can handle that. Now, there are some things that he asked about, and I said, can't share that with you. Confidential. Can't tell you that. Why not, Dad? You told me you're not ready to hear that one. Your level of maturity is not ready for that. If you want more access to the things of God, grow up. Maturity brings access. Maturity also brings authority. Authority. Everybody say authority. How many want more authority in your life? More authority, yeah. How do I get it? Grow up. Then you get more authority. But along with that authority, maturity also brings responsibility. Oh, no. I like the authority. What about the responsibility? I love how responsible Jesus was. You know, even when he cast demons out, he had a place for them to go. You ever notice that? He didn't just get out of here, just run them up. Get out of here. And then he would tell them where to go. Love that about him. Powerful because he understood the responsibility that came along with his authority. He's speaking to them and yet feeding them. They're hungry. We've got to take care of them. Responsibility. As your children start growing up and they start getting more authority, you start giving them more responsibility, right? 
He started saying, all right, now what I want you to do is you're going to take out the trash. Or you're going to clean this, or you're going to do that. Uh, I'll never forget when I went to my dad, and I said, Dad, I feel like God's called me to, to preach. And uh, I just want to tell you, I feel like I'm called to preach. He said, come on, son, that's amazing. Come on in the office. I want to, sh- I want to give you something. My dad's father was a pastor, a Methodist pastor as well. And uh, I-, I was like, man, come on, Dad. And we walked into his office, and we walked past the bookshelf and kept on going into his bathroom. And he pulled out a toilet brush. He said, here you go. Welcome to ministry. And for the first year of my ministry, I cleaned our church. That's what, that was my ministry. Scrubbed the toilets, vacuumed the church, made sure everything was right. Dad would come in and inspect it, make sure it was all right. Because what Dad was saying to me then, if you want the authority, you've got to take on the responsibility as well. Son, if you're going to be treated like an adult, you need to act like an adult. We tell our boys all the time, when an adult walks in, you stand up. You look them in the eye. You shake their hand, firm handshake. You look them in the eye. Why? Because you're an adult. Now, you want to be an adult? We're going to teach you how to act like one. And there will be a day you got to say, go get a job. Why? Because now there's responsibility on this. But I feel like sometimes we're like, I want more authority. But then the responsibility comes along, and we're like, all right, y'all go and take care of that now. Maturity brings responsibility, and really, it's the only way that you can prove that you're ready for the next level. Say that with me. It's the only way that I can prove that I can handle the next level. If you think about it, we start doing that with babies right off the bat. All right, can you feed yourself? Okay, now you now have gone to another level that you can feed yourself without choking. Or I can, now you can walk without me holding your hand. See, it's all about levels, right? And then there's a day, okay, you can stay at home by yourself. I mean, think about those levels, but that all comes with, have you proven yourself on this level? And until you prove yourself on this level, you can't go to the next level. I feel like sometimes we're always praying for the next level, and we haven't proven ourselves on this level at all. And let me say something. Those who are getting ready to take finals, you got to pass a test. Before you can go to the next level. Nobody likes tests, right? How many of y'all just right now just get chills when you start talking about tests? You just get, ooh, I can't even I can't even talk about a test right now. I hate that word. Pop quiz. Ah! Yeah, I mean still, even as an adult, I just don't like a test. But every next level requires that we pass a test. I don't know why we fuss about the test. We're like, oh, God, I'm being tested. It's because he trusts you for the next level. Are we going to see if he can trust you for the next level? And if you don't pass the test, you don't get to go to the next level. I'm going to just let that sink in. Don't worry about the baby crying. That baby's going to be quite all right. Y'all listen to me, okay? That was a test. We did that on purpose. And y'all just failed it. See, I told y'all. Everything requires a test. You're like, that's mean. They pinching babies just to test us? My employer, years ago, had a test that he would use to see if somebody was ready for leadership. It was a very simple test. He would take a piece of paper, wad it up, and throw it on the floor. And then he would just step off to the side and watch people walk by it. 
And that person that stopped and picked it up, he would say, I want to talk to you about leadership. It's a test. Test. God does that to us. He gives us things and says, I'm going to see how you handle this. And if you handle it right, okay, now we can go to the next level. How many feel like you've been in a test lately? A test? How many have failed the test? Here's a great thing about it. He just keeps letting us do them all over again. Failed it? All right, we're doing a makeup here. We're going to do a makeup exam. I feel like God is about to take us to a level and to a place that our church has never been before. But we have got to be ready to receive it. We have to be mature. We have to be people that are in the Word. We have to be people that are not only just not only just every once in a while, but we're people that are studying the Word of God. We're reading the Word of God. If you don't know how to do that, tell us. We will tell you how to do that. Reading the Word of God. Being people of prayer, people of worship, people that want to share with other people. Those are all signs of maturity. You know, nobody likes the test. And I'll tell you one reason, you may have heard me say this before, is because the teacher never talks during the test. And that's a tough time when you're ready to hear from God and you're not hearing anything, right? I can't hear you. He's only talking when he's teaching. So if he ain't talking, he's testing. And the teacher can't talk during the test, right? You ever try to walk up to the teacher, hey, I don't know the answer to this one right here. I can't tell you. It would be wrong. It would be illegal. I can't do it. And so those times that you feel like you're not hearing from God, just picture him with his feet propped up on a desk eating an apple while you're taking the test. I need to hear from you. No, I want you to pass this level. And if I cheat, you got to take it all over again. So during those quiet times, that's a great time to say, God, is this a test? Is this a test? Is this what you're doing? And here's the great thing. As soon as you pass the test, he starts talking again. All right, good. Now, here's what we're going to do. And he starts teaching, 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 and then he's quiet. And when he's quiet, here's what I always say. When God's quiet, you should go back to the preceding weeks and months and listen. What was he telling me? What was pastor preaching on? What was I getting in my devotional? What was God revealing to me? Go back because I can promise you it's going to be there in your notes if you've been taking notes. How many of y'all received this word this morning? You received the word today?